Welcome to another edition of the Green Bears Podcast. As always, that is AJ. I can't say as always because he was over two weeks. So <laughs> after a two-week absence, that is AJ. He is the Green. I am Ken. I am the Beige. And we were supposed to have a third member of today's panel. Unfortunately, my good friend and brother may still be asleep. So we will see if he if he does join. If he does not, we will, we will catch him another time. But how's it going, AJ? Uh, doing well, sir. Doing well. Um, yeah, just you know, as you know, I was out for a couple of weeks because my sister and her boyfriend were visiting. It was their first trip to Dallas, so just had to make sure that they enjoyed their time, and they very much did. We're already talking about uh, a second trip nice. next next year, so you know, glad they enjoyed it. Um, can't stand this weather, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> I won't rant. I will not rant. I'll say that rant for another time in our chat yeah of course i mean for me um right now denver is a very warm 70 something um the temperature is 23 degrees celsius i had on celsius for some reason 72 but we are in for some rain tomorrow we have a storm rolling through thank god it's hot or not it'd be snow so yeah we got some we got some rain they say that there's a possibility of hail I'm trying to think of how I'm not going to be parking my car outside. So, yeah. So, this week, for this week's episode, we are going somewhere that we don't often go, and we don't take a whole show to go there. And that is on Basketball Hardwood. We are talking the NBA playoffs today, and off the rip. <sighs> well, I mean, the basketball has been very, very exciting. There have been a few blowouts in truth. But this has been the playoff season of the unexpected in many cases. We had teams before that had made it into the playoffs via the play-in that had never won a series until this year. Mm-hmm. We had the number eight seed not upsetting the number one seed, not since like the very early 2000s. And that happened this year. We have, we have had some of the most interesting, it may not necessarily be the most technically correct basketball, but it has been some of the most exciting games that we have had in a very long time. And the ratings have also reflected just how good this basketball has been. So the first place that we're going to stop, and I mean, this should come as no surprise. We're talking about what's happening in the Western Conference semifinals between the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, the Lakers were the first bubble team, not bubble, the first play-in team to make it into the second round of the playoffs, having dispatched the Memphis Grizzlies, who were the two-seed at the time, and now are currently set to dispatch the Warriors again because they are currently sitting 3-1 up in their playoff series. So we are looking at this series, AJ, and LeBron and Steph, they are literally doing everything they can to get their teams into the next round of the playoffs. So, of course, you know, we have to always bring up the question of Father Time. Is Father Time actually winning out here when we're looking at the play 
of these two dueling superstars? Oh, uh, <sighs> if Father Time is winning, I, I don't, I don't want to be that guy and say yes as yet. I don't, I don't think so as yet. Um, I just think there's a lot more to it. This, this Lakers team is actually a lot better than I gave him credit for, I must admit. Um, I don't, I, I don't want to suggest that LeBron is showing signs that Father Time is catching up. Maybe minuscule, but I don't think it is a great deal as yet. I think he, he just understands the situation. And with the cast that he has around him at this point, I think it's, it's just better for him to not put his body through the, the extent that um, he would normally like, or he would have in his younger years, like heat years and whatnot. So he is playing facilitator a bit more. I mean, still getting it in because he's LeBron. He's a physical specimen according to Steve Irwin. But um, I, I, I won't necessarily suggest that is, that is the case with him as yet. I think it's just more IQ on my part. I think. With regards to Steph, I still say no. I, the reason I'm, I'm laughing is because I, I know this is your guy, and I know you have you have a liking for this team. You have an, an approach to this team that you've developed over the last few And I just don't think this team is good enough anymore. And, and I'm, I'm not good enough. Sorry. Let me rephrase that. Not good enough. I'm not saying that they're not good enough in general. And like, I'm not saying that. But I mean, in, in this, just with respect to this season, I don't think that. I, I mean, I, I kind of already had my doubts about them going back to back. But from what we're seeing, I think it is more a team issue and not just father time catching up to Steph. Because he's still, he's still having some games where he's knocking down shots. I mean, I, if, if one can argue that father time is catching up because he looks a bit more inconsistent in, in not being able to do it as consistently, but I don't know. I don't think it's that. Do not think it's that. I just think this team generally is not... They, they don't match up well to the Lakers. I honestly don't believe that. And especially when it comes to the boards, like you would have to give me the numbers. But just from what I've seen, because I, I haven't sat and watched all 48 minutes of 48 minutes of every single <laughs> game, right? Mm -hmm. But every time I watch, I feel like I see the Lakers just dominating the boards, offensively and defensively. And I feel like that has become a major issue, not the major issue and the only reason why the Lakers are winning, but it seems to me that way. I, I will, I will um, let you give me a bit more insight on that. I know you've seen a lot more of this series and a lot more of the playoffs than I have because I've been up and down, obviously, dealing with um, family ties and whatnot, but I've tried to, to watch as much as I can. I've, I've seen a bit of every series, right? But I just haven't watched like every bit of every game. Okay, no problem. So before I get into... To what I've seen, I just noticed something that right now we got a little bit of a, um, a Shafet vibe happening on set today. <laughs> we we are definitely harkening back to home. I have a yellow curtain and a purple shirt, and you have all the yellow shirt. Yeah, boy. I did not realize that. Yes, yeah, somebody I needs catch. to come to Denver and bring some halut for me. Anyhow, oh, really? I I digress. So no, let's let me talk about what's happening here. So. The first thing that you said, well, the last thing that you said is where I'm going to start in terms of what is happening in terms of the matchup between the Warriors 
and the Lakers. If you see the TNT broadcast, one thing that uh, Charles Barkley has said repeatedly is that there is nobody on the Warriors that can guard Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis can get pretty much whatever he wants, whenever he wants it, because their best option to defend him is Kevon Looney. Looney is not a fleet of foot to keep up with the moves that Anthony Davis can muster. So from that perspective, Anthony Davis can pretty much get whatever he wants whenever he wants it, except that he doesn't seem to want it all the time. Last night was the first time that he put in what was going, what was looking like he was going to be good bat-to-bat performances because he's been playing great basketball in the odd number games and he's played very ordinary in the even number games. Anthony Davis, his play kind of, kind of reminds me of something I myself went through. Mm-hmm. And just follow me in this story for a second. Yeah. So when I was a teenager coming up, AJ, people who only know me now do not believe that I was this height at 15 years old and 140 pounds soaking wet. I was literally half the size that I am, right? Right now, I weigh not twice as much as as I used to, thank God, because that would be ridiculous. But I do weigh more than 200 pounds. The exact number is not important for this story. So, you know... Football, soccer is the sport that we play, well, that I played most often when I was home. Mm-hmm. And for a long time, when I was playing, I was playing with the mentality that I was still 140 pounds. I was not playing like if it was 180, 190, 200. Mm-hmm. I was playing like it was 140 pounds. So people that were much smaller than me would be able to come and body me and, and move me off my spot. I they could put a hand out and then would not be able to get past their hand because you know I'm still playing with the small, thin, light mentality. Until one night I was on the football field and somebody that I considered to be much bigger than me, I didn't see them coming, they ran into me and bounced off of me. I did not move, they fell down. And I was like, oh right. I'm not 140 pounds anymore. I'm 200 pounds. And from then on, nobody could move me. You can't move me off. How are you going to move me off my spot just by giving? No, I'm much bigger, much more solid than that. Anthony Davis plays like if he thinks he's a guard on the even number games. And then remembers that he's almost seven feet tall and more agile than the big men on the other side. And then decides he's going to dominate. A lot of that is what's been happening in this series. And for some reason, last night's game especially, he was he had 19 points in the first half. He took four shots in the second half. So that doesn't that didn't make a whole lot of sense. That has to come down to, to coaching and the players that are being drawn up and the players getting the ball to him. That's another conversation for another time. But with regards to Father Time, Father Time is on Steph's court heels. He is chasing Steph around the court 
just like this players are chasing him when he's running around going through all these screens etc you are seeing a little bit of a decline in his shooting because this is probably the first season and i don't remember how long that he has not finished 50 40 90 which is 50 percent from the floor 40 percent from three 90 percent from the free throw line he wasn't 50 40 90 this year and on top of that well it's not to say like if this is a change because steph is my guy i i am unabashedly going to say steph is my guy and i will defend him as much as I can, except on this point. Steph Curry has not been, throughout his career, a clutch player. He misses the shots that I need him to hit in the most opportune moments. He, I have seen two stats today. One said he's 0 for 12. Another said he's 0 for 14 in his playoff career when he's taking a shot for the Warriors to take the lead with 30 or 45 seconds left in the game but last night there was nobody else for him to give the ball to because the rest of the Warriors were very very inconsistent Clay Thompson he's been up and down all series long and then Jordan Poole looks like if he has done the biggest catfish in history because he played really really good last season and this season all of his shooting numbers have fallen off a cliff. He's fallen off the Tom Brady cliff and he's probably just in his fourth or fifth year. So the Warriors have a lot of problems. Steph is not getting the level of backup that he needs. But for LeBron James, Father Time is whooping his backside. LeBron is not, he has not been of the level of Heat LeBron except for maybe the very first year that he was in LA and what saved him in the championship was the fact that they were in the bubble and all you had to do was to go to your room come downstairs to practice go back to your room come downstairs for the game go back to your room there's no travel there's there's none of that extra stuff that wears on your body mm-hmm. LeBron is still capable of giving you moments in games where he looks dominant where he looks like LeBron but that has not been the case for the majority of not just this series but the entire playoffs and this entire season and even if you want to go a couple seasons now he's he has been iron man for the majority of his career he's getting a lot of niggling muscle injuries so that is a problem and where lebron when he was in miami was able and even when he was in cleveland he was able to stay in front of his man for the majority of the time and he might get the odd steal and you know he can funnel men into the into the help and that kind of stuff lebron right now his defensive play is dependent on chase down blocks chase down block, yeah. and you know when you have to make a chase down block when the man that you're supposed to be getting blows by you when he just runs past you mm. almost like if you're not there so yeah, you have the jumping ability. You can get out there, you can swat the ball away and, and stuff, and then you can be mean mugging to the crowd and, and all that kind of stuff. But when you're playing against the Warriors, who because Darren Ham knows that he can't put LeBron on anybody that is gonna be running all the time, you know, he's gonna put him on somebody and let him do all the switching. So it's basically 
they're playing zone, LeBron is going to pick up whoever's in his zone. Yeah. And if he has to pick up the man that has the ball, well, so be it. And then he's going to try to funnel him towards AD. So either AD gets the block or LeBron gets the chase down block. One of those two things is going to happen. LeBron is, he's not doing these things anymore. To his credit, he's tried to adjust his game to be more of a shooter, which is why someone like Steph would have an opportunity to play maybe not the number of years that LeBron has covered, but he'll be able to play for a longer time even when LeBron has retired because Steph, yes, he has an incredible handle. He's able to finish at the rim, but he will beat you on the dribble and get space for his shot, whereas LeBron... And breaking down nobody. LeBron runs through people. That's yeah. that's his game. Yeah. So when I, I'm watching what's happening, it's obvious that LeBron is slowing down. And to Rob Palinka and David Ham and their credit, the roster that they've put around him now allows him to have to do less and allow them to win. And going up against this Warriors team with Clay Thompson not shooting consistently. Draymond Green not still not really an offensive threat. Jordan Poole not playing nearly up to his standard. Kevon Looney, who dominated the boards on both ends of the floor against Sacramento, he's had an, an illness, so he's now been working his way back in this last game. He missed game three. Right now, things are set up in such a way for the Lakers to advance. And that is going even before looking at the fact that they're up 3-1 in the series. The Warriors don't have enough. Steph gave you a 30-point triple-double last night and they lost by three points. Mm -hmm. He had nobody to give the ball to. And maybe if they were doing more, he would have been able to pass the ball off because everybody expects him to take the shot. But maybe that shot is not for him. Man, that's, that's fair. Like you've seen a lot more than me recently, so I'll I'll um I'll take I'll take your knowledge on this situation. Um that's very fair. That's very fair. I I don't really have a retorted. I'm just listening. So I I do want to ask a follow-up question going back to the Steph point though. Sure. So you mentioned that he that you, you're seeing the signs of it in regards to shooting. So that's what I saw as well. I, I, and I, I, I think I did kind of mention, I did kind of, kind of allude to the fact that with both of them you are seeing signs. But I just, I didn't want to, to lean all the way into it too much. But I, I, I get where you're coming from based on your points. Um, the question I wanted to ask with Steph is, are you seeing it in more facets of his game, or, or do you think it's just a shooting? So this is where it gets a little tricky. Like I said, because his shooting numbers have fallen, and I mean they've dropped slightly, he I don't know what his exact shooting split is this season, but I know it's not 50, 40, 90. Mm. There are two things that could be at play here. One, it could be age, it could be time and, and that kind of stuff. Or it could just be he is doing way too much. He has had to do too much. Okay. Because he has been, get on my back and let's go guy this season because he's not had the level of help that he needs from the rest of his roster so i mean clay you know clay started the season kind of in and out and then draymond 
he has had his issues. He was suspended at the beginning of the year. The camaraderie that you would have expected within the unit mm-hmm. has not been there all season. And they have had some extremely bad habits all year that continue to pop up game after game after game. Mm-hmm. The turning over the, last night was a lot better, but they still turning over the ball way too much. They've tried to defend without fouling, but they're fouling way too much as well. The Lakers don't foul a lot. So mm-hmm. the, there's this huge disparity right now between the Lakers and the Warriors in terms of free throw percentage for our free throw numbers just in general like the lakers last night went 18 for 18 from the free throw line and i don't think the warriors took 12 free throws in the game so there's there's a lot of factors that are contributing to what we're seeing from steph steph and that he's doing a lot he's he's had to do a lot to try to carry this team hopefully to another championship but unfortunately and this is from this is from me saying I just don't see it. I I can't see them like I knew when they were playing against Sacramento that if they got the split in Sacramento, then it should have been fine. Mm-hmm. And then they found a way to lose at home and had to go to Sacramento to win game seven. To their credit, they did that. But you're going up against Sacramento, which is a young team for the first time in over a decade. They make it to the playoffs. Now you're going up against LeBron James and Anthony Davis, who've won a championship together in Los Angeles. Yeah, and to, to, to just kind of piggyback on that point and add a little bit, because I know in the chat, I know <laughs> you know Justin is a man of our brother Justin Marvel from this hashtag this Justin. Justin is a man of pure scientific fact. Like he didn't want to hear any hooey and you know any anything in, in the stars and all that kind of thing. So Justin does not believe that when it comes to um, a team being there before that that gives them the edge. But I firmly believe in this. I honestly firmly believe in this because when that when that last series, the Warriors King series, went to Game Seven, and and I, I don't think I said it to anyone specifically, but I was like, all right, yeah, this is this is the Warriors game. And it kind of looked the thing that, and this this is why I believe in that so much because the teams who haven't been there they look nervous when they get to that point when it comes to crunch time when it comes to like that that last uh, um, spell of the game when you need to like see like basically manage and see the game out you could tell that there was a bit of naivety from the Kings when it came to that and the Warriors just kind of showed all right yeah a, a little bit more poise a little bit more calmness and they were able to see see how that game seven and. Uh, but to like you said, like this is the Lakers. This is a different situation. LeBron and AD have been here before. Even if the others haven't, they know what to do. And and even last night as well, because they were were they down for a little bit last night. If if I mm-hmm. they were down three at the half, they were down seven at the end of the third. Seven at the end, right? That's, I mean, I, I, granted, a seven point lead is nothing. I mean, that's like two, three possession, whatever the case. But well, that's not. It's, that's not too much of a lead, but still, the fact of the matter is they didn't panic, mm-hmm. and and that comes with having the experience. But I, I mean, I do agree with you. I think the series is over. I, I'm not seeing a, a comeback from here. I, I was Ken. I was honestly looking at the Lakers last night and wondering to myself, like, could these men actually go all the way? And I mean, go all the way. And 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 I did think about it. Like, yeah, well, go all. I feel. I, I honestly feel like they could get out to the West. I, we could probably get into that more, but 
I, I will say, you know KD is my guy, but mm-hmm. I do not want the Suns to have to face the Lakers. That's the thing. <laughs> but that's what it's looking like right now. That, that's the one team I wouldn't want them to have to face, but that's what it looks like it will be right now, and I think the Lakers could. And depending on who is coming out of the East, because the boy, the way these Heat playing right now, <laughs> like these men could win the East, but let me, you could segue into the next topic. Yeah, because, I mean, you, you said it out perfectly for me because you talk about the, the East and you talk about the Heat. And the team that the Heat vanquished in the first round, which was the number one overall seed in the NBA, the Milwaukee Bucks, they went up against the Heat that lost the first game of the play and then went and had to, you know, do their thing to make it into, into the playoffs. And they got the Milwaukee Bucks up out the paint in five games. Gentlemen, sweet, go home. We have, we have nothing more to do with you. Please and thanks. And that resulted in the firing of Coach Mike Budenholzer. So my question to you is: This firing fair or foul? It's fair. Fair. Nothing foul about it. <laughs> nothing foul about it. And I know, I know, I, I know. This is this is your topic. I know you want to get it because you've been you've been preaching this to the choir for years. You've been preaching this one, preaching this sermon for years about Bud, right? And I remember at first I was, it was one of those things where I was not as hard as him on you. I wasn't, I was trying to give him a bit more credit. And I didn't think that, like you said, he was the worst. But over time, you get to see things. And even though I, I still don't necessarily want to say, because to be fair, I don't watch as much as you. So I don't want to say with a, 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 the utmost certainty that, yes, Bud was the worst coach in the playoffs at this time or whatever the case is. However, after that, some heads had to roll. There's no way you can be going. And this, this, wasn't, a, this wasn't a by chance Number one, see this team won everything a couple of years back, right? Mm-hmm. Since then, they have still been that sort of team, like to, to be because last year they were what the one or two seed as well, right? Yes, there we go. Top two this year again, number one seed. And, and mind you, this is this is even in the midst of the injury to their uh, uh, injury to their number two player behind Giannis, still managed to do all this. So, I mean, in some respects, I I feel like I want to give Bud credit, but then when it comes to actually being a coach and managing in these times, I can't. I cannot believe that they got a gentleman sweep. I honestly <laughs> cannot believe. The, the, I, you know what's the most annoying thing? Because we sat here, and I, I, I hate when these teams just make me wrong. You know, <laughs> we sat here, and I said foolishly said that I thought that the Bucks had a better chance of beating the Heat. With, oh, that's, this is when we, um, Giannis went down. Mm-hmm. I said that I, I felt like they had a better chance of beating the Heat, I think, than it was the Lakers beating the Grizzlies or some, something like that. Both mm-hmm. of them proved me wrong. <laughs> I, Ken, that was, it was pathetic. And there's no way that the... Let me put it this way. The, the manner in which they were dismissed in a gentleman's sweep, it is easier to let the coach go than to try and nitpick at your roster. Because I don't think the issue was necessarily the roster itself. I think it was more the roster rotation when it came to the crunch time. And the fact that we call, we talked about, about players being drawn up and whatever. Like, I mean, 
after you pointed it out to me, this is when we, I feel like I've had, I had a bit more insight and then I was seeing it a bit more. The Bucks don't drop no players. Bucks don't drop no sort of players. So, <laughs> so what is, but what does Bud actually do? That, which is the question I, 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 I will allow you to get into. You, you, you could take it away with it, with the tactical side and the X's and O's, but to go back to the initial question, which I already answered, Hell no, it wasn't fouled. <laughs> but could go along, um, but could go along, and furthermore, take a rest. Don't even try to come back now. Don't even try to come back now. Take a rest, unless you go. You know what? I don't even want to at my. I was going to say go to the Pistons, but I actually like the Pistons. That's my, that's my team, right? I didn't want you about there, but, but he need he needed to be let go. Can they need some new ideas or they need an idea, basically? So, here's something interesting that might surprise you. But going to the Pistons would actually not be bad for the Pistons. And the reason why it would say that it would not be bad for the Pistons is that Detroit has not been very good for a while now. That is a given. Detroit now is the, what the Cleveland Browns used to be. If you want to get rid of somebody, you send them to Cleveland. So that's the dumping ground for a lot of players. They go to Detroit. Yeah. But what Coach Bud has actually been able to do, AJ, is that he is he is a very good regular season coach because when he was in atlanta atlanta was finishing in the top half of the eastern conference playoff standing so they were a four seed or higher when since he's been in milwaukee it's been the same story bud gets the job done in the regular, in the regular season, season. He does. Yeah. however unfortunately you are not able to substitute in a new coach when you get to the playoffs because in the playoffs is when bud gets exposed and i've said it every single time this is two years now two years that i have not been able to make the statement that i make every year at the start of the playoffs and the fact is they get into the playoffs every year so it gives me the opportunity to say that bud is the worst coach in the playoffs. I said that every year, including the year that they won the chip. And I was like, well, since they won the chip, they're not going to fire him. No, but he's still the worst coach that goes into the playoffs every year. That title has been taken by Chris Finch in Minnesota because he doesn't have a clue about anything, anything at all. But the issue that I have where Bud and Milwaukee's concern is that roster is actually pretty well constructed it is. they have defenders they have pretty good defense they have shooting i mean to his credit bud phone brooke lopez was a great three-point shooter so instead of sticking him on the inside he brought him out on the uh, perimeter and he's been knocking those shots which gives room for Yanis to come down the middle because there's nobody clogging at the paint but therein lies the problem you can't tell me that your play, and it happened again in this series, your play, whenever you get in trouble, is give Yanis the ball and let him go figure it out. It cannot be Yanis take the ball at the top of the key and drive and finish or kick. It, that cannot be your play every single time. So we get into the playoffs. In the very first game, Yanis goes down. He gets hurt. But he is able to come back. The Miami Heat lose their second scorer in Tyler Hero. 
<laughs> in the first game to a broken hand. But but you still have Drew Holiday, All Star Drew Holiday. Mm-hmm. You have. Chris Middleton, who you've been nursing back to health all season long, so he should be good to go for the playoffs. You you have Brooke Lopez that I just mentioned. You have Pat Connaughton that can give you some timely buckets. You have fan favorite Bobby Crazy Eyes Portis. You have you have more squad to deal with and to use in every game than the Miami Heat have. But for some odd reason, Jimmy Butler by himself, by himself, is beating you every single game. So, bud, if he is their only offensive threat, why can't you stop him? You see, men, look at Giannis, who is pretty much unstoppable, especially if his jumper is falling. And they build a wall to keep Giannis out the paint. But Jimmy Butler is not Giannis. How is it that Jimmy, who takes two three-pointers a game in the regular season, is murdering you from outside yeah. <laughs> killing you from mid-range, getting to the hoop at every opportunity, and getting fouled, and scoring free throws? You're not taking anything away, bud? Anything at all? So no, I'm I'm sorry, but I know guys like Damian Lillard spoke out against his firing. Said you know that they're basically firing coaches who you know have won recently. There are other basketball aficionados that expressed shock that Bud was fired, and I was like, no, it was time. It it, it been time, long time. Yeah. Bud should have taken that ring in Milwaukee. And rode off into the sunset. He should have had the self-awareness to say, this is as good as it's going to get. So this is the moment for me to take my leave. But he did not. I honestly did not think that Bud was going to be fired this year. Regardless of them getting the gentleman's sweep from, from Miami. Yeah. I thought that they were going to trick themselves into saying, well, you know, this year it was an anomaly. You know, we, we lost Yanis for a couple games and all that. So maybe... We should bring Bud back and give this thing one more go. But they had a little more sense than I gave them credit for it. Nah, Bud, it was time. I'm sorry, but you had to go. And the, the thing about it is the, the manner in which it happened. I mean, first of all, condolences to Bud and his family for yes. losing his brother and whatnot. Indeed. And we, we know that they didn't announce it right afterwards because he was going through something personal. But outside of just that, the fact that they did choose, because even you, one of the biggest but haters, not even haters, but uh, <laughs> but just one of the biggest, uh, not proponents of, of what is the I, I, I'm a detractor. Point. Detractor is the word I'm yes, looking I'm for. Yes, I'm a detractor. Good. I don't know why that was not coming to me. Thank you, sir. One of the biggest, the biggest but de- the only but detractor that I know. <laughs> I, don't know any, I don't know anybody else <laughs> who is talk no but. But even you, the fact that you were surprised that that they fired him. Like you said, they took they, they they caught everyone off guard. I feel like it is there was a sense of well, he was always going to be on thin ice. That he mm-hmm. that he was on thin ice before this, and it wasn't this this wasn't just 
the uh, a knee-jerk reaction to them being eliminated this year, but it was like a culmination of stuff, all stemming from things that you have already mentioned. I really believe that that's the case. And I only thought about it after it happened because I wasn't, I didn't, I hadn't thought about it myself as to whether or not I thought he would get fired. But when I saw it happen, I was like, all right, okay, yeah. Well, yeah, it seems fair. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, Bud, I mean, what, what, what more can we say about Bud? Bud was on hot, he was on the hot seat before they won the championship. If they did not win the championship that year, chances are he was going to be fired. So they they won the chip. The next year, Kevin Durant's shoe is too big, so they eliminate the Nets in, in seven games. Okay. And now you, you go to the second round, you get knocked out. All right. It happens. This season now, you win all those games in the regular season and you get bounced after five games. By a distinctly inferior team, yeah, it is yeah. time. But speaking of that distinctly inferior team, they are on the brink as well of getting to the Eastern Conference Championship. They are currently three-one. Is it? Mm-hmm. Yes, they are currently three-one. Yes, they're three-one up on the New York Knickerbockers. So. I don't know how many people actually thought that the Knicks were going to make it even into the playoffs. The Knicks played very well this season, and they finished as the fourth seed. No, sorry, they finished as the fifth seed because Cleveland was the fourth seed, and they beat Cleveland to reach this point. But now they're staring elimination in the face. So apparently, is it that the kitchen is too hot for the Knicks? And if that is the case, how should the Knicks fans feel? You know, because we know we know a very prominent next final deal, Mr. Eagles himself. So how should he and the rest of his knickerbockers be feeling at this point? It should be feeling just like that viral video that was sent in our chat today of of the one Stephen A. Smith. It should be feeling just like that. They they should be very disappointed. Listen, right? You just mentioned you just mentioned in more detail the fact that this heat team is being not just it, they're being dragged <laughs> all across like like it, it is jimmy butler and then it's like jimmy butler and and the band mm-hmm. basically and this man is doing everything no one can take away anything from him and it, it, it's still, it's still basically continuing against the knicks like he this man has a motor in him or something because <laughs> and and the, the thing is the thing is, can the Knicks have no? I, I, this is not a disrespect to the Heat, but with all of the basketball that the Heat had to play as well, I don't feel like the Knicks have a, a, an excuse to be down three-one at this point. They should at least have the series level. They should at least have the series level at this point, and and I I, I don't. The thing, this is this is one of the series I would say that I haven't been able to see the most of that far, thus far. I've seen bits and bits and pieces in between. <laughs> I've definitely seen uh, um, enough of Jimmy Butler taking men to the cleaners, though, and just <laughs> yeah. But I, I mean, I saw in the clip basically on Julius Randle, 
I have, I, I, I'll admit, even in what I've seen, I can't say I've seen anything suggesting that Julius Randle has made any sort of impact. I watched Jalen Brunson night in and night out try to do the damn thing by himself. I, I actually really like this guy, you know. I really like the guy. And I watched him trying ever so hard to carry this team on his back. This historic franchise. <laughs> <laughs> historic franchise in, this, in what is this great city. Jalen Brunson. Yet Julius Randle is nowhere to be found, it seems. That's what it seems like to me. Because even his numbers last night weren't bad, but I don't recall him having an impact, especially when it came down to like um, crunch time in the game, right? Could you correct me if I'm wrong there? But the Knicks fans should feel aggrieved and annoyed at the manner in which the team is playing. Because you are already in this situation. Like, I, I, it, I don't think it's... And it's not like they're getting beaten by a better team. They're getting beaten by Jimmy Butler. <laughs> that is basically it. So, yes, they should feel annoyed. And I don't, I don't even think... Like, this is not even a case where us... Where they should be like us as Arsenal fans and be like, you know what? At the end of the day, like, we're disappointed with how the season ended. But we're talking about Manchester City here. Like, this is, this is a juggernaut of a, of a team, right? Nah, these men are getting beat by one man, though. Like, you should feel annoyed. This is not a, all right, well, you know what? I, I know we made the playoffs and we did a little better than last year. No. No, that would be the case if you're, if you're being ousted by the aforementioned Bucks, who are top seed. If it was the Boston Celtics, I'd probably even give it the Sixers, even though I have very little faith in them. But the Heat, who, as you mentioned before, lost the first playing game, then had to play an extra game to get in. <laughs> I mean, granted, they, they dispatched the, uh, their first-round team in five games, but these men have had so much basketball to play, and Jimmy Butler alone has had so much basketball to play and so much to do, and yet here he is still being able to tear through your team, and you, can't, you cannot find a way to stop him. And then your own superstars or all-stars or whatever they are cannot find a response. For, I mean, Jimmy Butler is a guy, right? He is that guy. Mm -hmm. And as, as much as I like Jalen Brunson, Jalen Brunson is not Jimmy Butler. He's not. And there's just, there's, can, I, I, if I were a Knicks fan, I'd be annoyed. But I hate the Knicks. So I'm loving it. <laughs> I am loving it. I, I cannot stand the New York Knickerbockers, big man. So I am loving it. Okay. So, well, well, all of what you said is absolutely correct. I'm not going to detract for anything that you have said. You know what the Knicks should also be feeling? The Knicks should feel very good that they won a damn playoff series. Since the turn of the century, AJ, the Knicks have made the playoffs, allow me to count, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They've made the playoffs eight times in 23 years. This is for a team that is out here parading themselves as a basketball institution. You've made the playoffs eight times in 23 years. And in those eight times that you've made the playoffs, you've won one series before this year. So you know what? You should be feeling, you should be feeling damn good that you actually got to the second round of the playoffs. Yeah, you might be feeling upset that Jimmy Butler by his lonesome is beating you. But you are out here running seven men because... You know what Coach Thibodeau likes to do? He does not like to rotate. He does not like to substitute. He is running seven and eight men rotations every game. 
And even though Jimmy is getting sporadic help from the Caleb Martins and the Kyle Lowry's and the what's his name? Kevin Loves of the world. These are two there are two names especially that are literally on the now I can't even say the back nine. They're probably playing whole seventeen of their career. <laughs> and and these men have your knickerbockers down three one and going well no they're not going home they're going back to new york now for for game number five another gentleman sweep is loading and i can understand the frustration with julius randall because he was an all-star for a reason Mm -hmm. he's not a bad player he's just not living up to expectations at this point in time okay get upset with him no problem but the rest of the team has to pick up the slack they have to and they're not doing it. So, yes, the kitchen is too hot for the Knicks. Right now, the Heat put them in the sauna and they can't handle it. So, yeah, you can be upset, you can be frustrated, but at least you're showing some signs of being relevant, being competent, and not just because you are the Knicks and you are in Madison Square Garden, as if somebody really cares about that. <laughs> so, no, Agent, on to the, um, the next topic. Which is in relation to the game that's currently playing. And this doesn't have, the for those who are watching this on YouTube or Facebook or wherever, this does not have a two-parter. It is just one simple question. At this point in time, the Philadelphia 76ers are leading the Boston Celtics by nine in a closeout game at TD Garden. Are the Celtics fraudulent? It's so funny that we are recording this while this game is in is in progress, because the the initial answer I had for this question, Ken, was that it's a bit harsh to say that. (laughs) (laughs) But but I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. I'm not dying on that hill because if the Celtics lose this game at home with this series tied, I will have to say yes. I'd have to say yes because there's (laughs) look. I know I'm. I didn't even get into any X's and O's and that kind of thing. I'm not. I, 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 I don't. I haven't seen enough of the regular season and all that to do that. I don't care about stats or anything. With the game, with the series, sorry, level, and being at home. It's not level. They're down 3 2. They're down 3 2. This is an elimination game. No, it's saying the series tied at 2 here. Oh. Okay. I, I guess I was reading it wrong. Yeah, because yeah, because game five would be at them because you remember they would have. Yes, been- you're correct. You yeah. are correct. I don't yeah. know what I was looking at. Yeah, you want them to be. You want them to be also <laughs> that. But yeah, with with the series level and so basically is protect home court at this point. If mm-hmm. you if you go go on to lose this game and and it's it's it says a lot because I have I have not given the Sixers a lot of credit over the years. I don't like the Sixers either. I don't like, I don't like them. I, I I don't think that mentally they are prepared to be champions, even though that's what they're aiming towards, right? And this is not just the fans. This is the players as well, right? If Philly is able to pull this off, Ken, I would have to say that yes, the the Celtics are frauds. So my my answer is kind of contingent on how this game finishes. I know we're not going to sit down here and discuss this topic until the end of the game, but it's it's, it's 
it, it really hinges on how this finishes. But at this point, and the way this I'm seeing the Celtics playing right now, it doesn't seem like they want to win either. It doesn't <laughs> seem like they want to win. I, I haven't seen them go on a run because I've been trying to like I have the game on in the corner here as as we're discussing, right? Mm-hmm. And I've kind of yet to see these men go on a run that would like uh, um, bring them back into the game. It's still. From the time I turned it on, they were down by, uh, I think, like somewhere close to like 10 or 11. And now the lead is still like 12. Like, the most they brought it down to probably was like 8 or something like that. Mm-hmm. No, nah, man, these men can't be serious. So, yes, yeah, at, at this point, I'm leaning heavily towards it's like 70%. I want to say they're frauds. But if they turn around, if they are able to turn this game around and win, I, 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 I you know what? I can still say yes. Because it would, it would, I, I could then lean into what I've been saying about the Sixers before, that they're just mentally frail. But I, Ken, I don't know if this is the same Celtics that that lost um, the NBA Finals last year. It was last year. Mm-hmm. It was last year. Wow, it seems so long ago. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know if it's the same team. This team might actually be frauds, Ken. Funny how that answers. I'm sorry for the, for the the. Um, for the rambling, but I answer literally changed as I was talking. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they might be candy. Go ahead. So you you wanted to to make this your your determination of if they were fraudulent or not, contingent on what happened in this game. My answer is not contingent on anything. This Celtics team is as fraudulent as a three dollar bill. <laughs> this team is supposed to be championship contender quality right? right they improved their roster by bringing in six man of the year um what's his name Brogdon. malcolm brogdon mm-hmm. so they have done what they thought they would have needed to do to get themselves over the hump they had a good defensive team last year they did not have enough offensive firepower to keep up with the Warriors. So they went out and they brought in somebody to help out with the offense. They still have Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. They still have Jalen Brown. This is not a championship team. Do not care how you look at it. Emil Yudoka might be the fall guy, even though he's no longer in the building as a distraction for why this team is not going to be able to win the championship. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing, nothing that this team has shown us since the playoffs has begun to suggest that they had any shot at winning the championship. And the reason why I say that, I, I start with what happened in the first round. Mm-hmm. They were going up against an Atlanta Hawks team that had no business being on the floor with them. And they allowed that game to that series to go to six games mm-hmm. because when they could have closed it out in five they completely put the bed at home and allowed the series to go back to atlanta i mean forcing poor janet to have to postpone her show by a night <laughs> that's the funniest thing i see <laughs> that is the weirdest and funniest thing well, look, Joel Embiid is here killing Hawford in the mid-range, yes. you know. Anyhow, <laughs> sorry. No, but, I mean, I was, I, because I mentioned Janet, I had to I go stick a pin here because from the majority of the listeners, they're not any WhatsApp chats with me. So they have not seen how I have been tearing shreds in Atlanta mm-hmm. 
and in New York for what they have done to Janet Jackson. You mean to tell me that your team is in the playoffs or you have designs on your team being in the playoffs and getting, you know, down the road somewhere. How is it that you have any chance of the, your arena being double booked? There's no way, from the time I know what the schedule is, that this, we would have been moving this concert immediately. Or you would tell Janet, Janet, we will see you in July because we don't know how far our team is going to go. Do you think that anybody, well, I can tell you from being here at Denver, there are no concerts set at Ball Arena a new potential night that they might have a basketball game. Mm -hmm. That's not going to happen because the Nuggets are the number one seed and you are looking for your team at least to get to the conference finals. Then got the concerts that can clash with anything here. But New York and Atlanta, I mean, clearly they had just as much faith in their teams as I do because it is where neither of them will have any kind of thing to be causing Janet to have to move her concert. But that's just, that was just as an aside. But the, the, the Celtics could not find a way to dispatch the Hawks when they needed to. Mm -hmm. So as a result, the, the series went longer than it should have. Now they're, they're going up against the Philadelphia 76ers, who, according to Joel Embiid, there is no rivalry between the two. Because mm -hmm. they've been beating the Sixers every opportunity that they get. <laughs> I have not been a fan of the Sixers. I have not been a trust the process guy. I yeah. absolutely hated the whole concept of trust the process. Yeah. So now we got Joel Embiid, who, to his credit, he's been more healthy this year than he has been in the past. But he still also had his injury troubles during these playoffs. And when he was not there... The Sixers beat the Celtics. We have um, James Harden, who, when the lights get bright, he wilts all the way away. I almost made a very bad joke. I'm glad I did not. I was able to catch that just in time. So, yeah, you have, and these are the two main players for the, for the Sixers. You have Tyrese Matsey, who's young. He's developing. He's coming on. You have P.J. Tucker, who's... A good defensive presence and good for a corner three-pointer but when you look at the two teams and the way the teams are constructed the Celtics should have been up at this point they should be you know up 3-1 and closing this series out now but no they're down and looking potentially to lose this game which means that the Sixers cannot close them out at home I don't see I don't see how the Celtics are not frauds because they purported themselves to be championship contenders, and they are not. <laughs> not even close. No argument here. No. I fully talked myself into it as I, as I was hearing <laughs> it coming out. Yeah. yeah, that happens sometimes. So, now to the, the last two teams in the playoffs, for which there are championship aspirations, legitimate championship aspirations between the two, and that is the Phoenix Suns and the Denver Nuggets. The Phoenix Suns, as we all know, they brought in Kevin Durant from the Brooklyn Nets, 
And in so doing, they traded away all their depth. But the series is tied. Both teams have defended home court, and now the series just back to Denver tonight. CP3, Chris Paul, that wears number three. The old joke used to be CP3 can't play in the third round of the playoffs. Apparently, that is still the case because no, he has tweaked his groin and is expected to miss the rest of this series. But in his absence, this is when Phoenix has seemed to play their best basketball. So AJ, no CP3, no problem. Yeah, yeah, no CP3, no problem. It's it's it, it's it sounds good to say that you have him on the court because he's a floor general and what he could do in regards to creating and you know getting to his spot in the mid-range but he did not seem to be effective to me before he went down and i i think he probably did have a game or two i obviously don't have the stats in front of me but i'm pretty sure he did have a game or two where he um this was in in the first round series though where he shot well but i also remembering remember him seeing remember seeing him getting to his 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 um spots on the floor and missing as well and just looking completely out of his depth and maybe that could be a father time thing thing as well um i think there was a point there, i remember a game specifically where i i i, I use some language that i can't repeat here because i remember <laughs> i remember him not having a hot hand and refusing to pass the ball to kevin durant and trying over and over as if he was trying to get himself into a rhythm but it was it was sort of it was in the fourth quarter of a game and i'm like bro just give the ball to your scorer like why why is the ball not in kevin durant's hands anyway i don't think this would be an issue honestly this is my favorite series so far just even outside of me being a, a kd fan i think just from a basketball perspective this is the series that i'm enjoying the most because at first the, the way that the nuggets played in the first two games ken i honestly thought well yeah this is going to be a problem for the Suns, and I thought that having C- that CP being out was going to be a problem at first. That's just catastrophizing. But and then I know you've been lamenting it. I I I can't even explain what we're seeing from Devin Booker right now. That is something. That's something you're not going to see every year, and I don't even know how long it's going to last this series. But this man has been lights out it like it that doesn't even do it justice so far and katie uh, um to be fair again like like you said with steph like i'd defend him in most things but i have to say i think he has even shown some signs of like a little chink in the armor in this he he's had uh, he's he has had some down periods where just wasn't playing his best but i, I think devin booker is really carrying this team and Having KD as a secondary option in that regard, it might be enough to at least get them to a game seven. I, I, I obviously, obviously, you know, I'm hoping that the Suns win. I know with Denver being your home team, might have a little bit of a difference in opinion there, but I, I'm not going to say as yet that I can see them winning. But I see this series going to seven games, honestly. Okay, so. The to answer the last part that you mentioned, I do um, prefer Denver to um, Phoenix, but it doesn't have to do necessarily with me being in Denver. You know, like 
I live in Denver, then I guess it's not my thing. But if they do well, then everyone around me is happy. So, then, you know, let the good times roll. But Man, listen, I, be, before you go on, I, have, I, I understand completely. I'm a brave son. When I was living in D.C., though, I wanted the Nats to win the World Series because I wanted to go to that parade. And I did. And it was remarkable. <laughs> I, I just wanted that experience. I have to say that. And, and mind you, they, they're all division rivals, but still. But sorry, go ahead. So I get it. I was just saying I get it. Yeah, yeah. so I, I have never been a fan of the Phoenix Suns. I've never liked the Suns. My, my basketball fandom, you know, is is travel the journey. I, I will have to say it that way. I came up as a Jordan fan. And then Mike D'Antoni was the coach of the Suns. You know, the seven seconds or less Suns. I don't like D'Antoni as a coach. I think he's a terrible coach. He's a good offensive mind, but I think he's a terrible overall basketball coach. Yeah. So... I was not good. I was not going to be supporting the Suns because of that. And then, I mean, the Suns were terrible for a long time. I'm happy for them that they're good now. Great. You just got Kevin Durant. Okay, that's cool too. But I, I have been on record as saying that I do not think that they should be able to or would be able to win the championship this season. And the reason was... You do not bring in a piece like Kevin Durant and trade away all your depth, all your bench, basically, and be able to ride on basically two or three men to get to the championship. You do need to have some people that can come in and give men a spell, let men catch their breath and that kind of thing. But Devin Booker right now is putting paid to all of that. Because he is, I think right now they say he is shooting 68% from the floor. Mm-hmm. And some like ridiculous that. number from three. Like, is he is almost automatic, though. He he rises up with the ball in his hand. You just coat the bucket. You just coat the points from where he shot from. It is driving me insane. <laughs> but at the same time. One thing that Shaquille O'Neal likes to talk about, he likes to make mention of all the time when he's talking about these things, is not the stars, it's about the others. And having the others give you the points that you will need because Booker and Kevin Durant can score 70 points or 80 points in a game, but you're not winning the game 80 to 78. You're still winning the game 110 to whatever, 120 to whatever. So you're looking for another 30 to 40 points mm-hmm. from whoever else is on the floor. Mm-hmm. Landry Shaman in the last yeah. game came in and went and was on fire. Mm-hmm. Similar to what happened just last night with Lonnie Walker the fourth, who was out in rotation and then all of a sudden came in and was five for five on the floor. Mm-hmm. What the hell is that? You can't let it slip for that kind of thing. But these are the kinds of things that happen when teams are playing at home. Your role players tend to play better at home because this is where they take all their shots. When they go on the road, it's a little bit different. What works in the favor of the Phoenix Suns is that Chris Paul injury, honestly. Mm -hmm. Because Chris Paul does not have the legs to keep up with what's going to be happening on the floor. Mm -hmm. DeAndre Ayton he has not been good enough. Not to say that he's not been good. He's been okay. He's not been good enough in the series. And right now, Nikola Jokic is unstoppable. 
just as unstoppable as Devin Booker is, Jokic is unstoppable. But he has not had the support that he needed on in the two games on the road because Aaron Garden, he has not really shown up offensively, especially in the two games in Phoenix. He's been okay when they played over here in Denver. KCP, not KCP. Yes, Kentavious Caldwell Pope. He has been sporadic, mm-hmm. but he's been missing offensively in Phoenix. There are lots of players that we needed more from. And when I say we, I say Denver City we, not Ken Nuggets fan we. <laughs> then there's a lot of players that we needed more from while they were on the road. So now the series is tied up and they're coming home. They have to do what they've done basically all season long, which is defend the home floor. Mm-hmm. You have the advantage here in terms of the altitude, you play here 41 games in the season. You practice here when you're not on the road. You have the advantage here. You must make the advantage count. And I expect a better showing tonight. I expect that the Nuggets are going to be able to win game five. And we'll see what happens in game six. But honestly, and I know there'll be time for this, but I'm going to call it no. Because by the time we reach here next week, we should know who the current final seedings are going to be. Mm-hmm. Whoever wins this series goes to the finals. I I would love for the Warriors to prove me wrong, find a way to come back and beat the Lakers. Mm-hmm. I can't see that happening. But I also don't see the Lakers being able to keep up with the Nuggets should they have to play the Nuggets and the Nuggets are going to be at home for four games. Eddie will probably get his, but Jokic will get his as well. And when you have the Aaron Gardens, you have my wife's favorite player on the Nuggets, Jamal Murray, who has looked like playoff Murray again. Mm-hmm. I think that they're going to have too much for whoever comes out of that game, out of that series, between yeah. the Lakers and the Warriors. So, whoever wins this series goes to the finals. But then we'll see who they match up with in the finals and how that goes. There's a lot of basketball still to play. Oh, yeah. So, we will have lots more to talk about over these next couple of weeks. Because, I mean, right now, I mean, yeah, there were some other stuff that we could we could have gotten into today, like the releasing of the all defense teams. We'll touch on we'll get to that next week. Because somebody wants to give them a brush a job. That's all we're gonna say right now. <laughs> Come back next week and we'll get more into that. Um unfortunately Adam was not able to join us this week. He is currently in England, so he, I know he had the best intentions to be here, but if the body needs the rest, I guess sure. there's there's no way to fight against that. And unfortunately, he sleeps like the dead, so <laughs> calling his phone would not help. But hopefully, he will be with us next week so that we can then do a little looking back to the end of this second round and looking forward to the conference finals. Um, yeah. That's a great spot for us to end this week's episode. AJ doesn't have any more family commitments, so he should be around. You know, your boy is always here. So we will see 
how it goes over the next week but we at the green Bears podcast we will be back with you again next tuesday mm-hmm. 6 p.m in the mountain 7 p.m in central 8 p.m eastern and in the eastern caribbean for aj he is the green i i am ken i am the beige and we will see you next time